Well, welcome to A Voice in the Distance. We are now going to be venturing into Leviticus chapter 19. And, uh, you know, normally I like to try to do a little recap from time to time for uh, previous chapters, but chapter 19 is going to be very... Uh, very diverse, so I want to just really just jump into it. Uh, chapter 19, what we're going to be looking at today is in regards to uh, two various laws. We're going to be looking at the mer- moral law and the ceremonial laws mixed in, but we're going to have a whole lot of stuff just really just thrown into the mix. And so I, I, that's why I wanted to kind of jump into it, because again, we have a lot to look at. And so... I want to be able to elaborate on everything here in this chapter as best as possible. So really that's why I just kind of wanted to jump into it. So again, with always, um, uh, prayer uh, is with you and prayer is with, uh, with your family. Prayer is uh, with you in the regards of understanding what the Word of God has to say. And so again, that's what this is about, is to really just elaborate as clear as possible. And, and again, don't be intimidated by certain books. And, and don't and, and don't turn away from them either, because again, we think that while they don't pertain to today, that's very untrue. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, yes, there were some cultural, there were some uh, particular religious aspects that were different, but we're seeing things that still today pertain to us, and we're going to be seeing a lot of that today as well, mixed in with some of the uh, with some of the ancient customs as well. But again, I, I want us to to see God's mind. I want us to see God's heart. Uh, God's, you know, hand involved, everything. Because again, it's all beneficial. So let's jump into it. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19. I'm going to start us off in verse, probably let's do one from, um, one from eight here to start us off. And it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God am holy. Every one of you shall uh, revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molded gods. I am the Lord your God. And if you offer a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord, you shall offer it to your own free will. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it, and on the next day, and if any remains until the third day, it shall be turned in, in the fire. And if it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an abomination. It shall not be accepted. Therefore, everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity, because he has profaned the hallowed offering of the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from his people. So we have first... The first most important thing that God always kind of started out with was, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's what he started off with here before giving the instruction. That's the first thing we want to remember. Because we cannot do these things on our own. These are only things that that we can do through his power and through his example. And again, being holy means to be uh, is to be more like God. Separate, okay? Separation from from man, <laughs> separation from the world. So every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. You know, we look at the we look at the um, the Ten Commandments, and of course, honoring your mother and father was the commandment that was given with a promise that you would live, you know, a long life on earth, a long blessed life on earth, if you will. And, and again, so these are things he's just reminding them again. You know, the, the commandments were given down uh, from the mount. When he went on Mount Sinai, he came down and gave the commandments. But now he's really elaborating to the priesthood on what should, what should be done. 
with, with more extensive background here. Right? He, he's, making, he's making these things a little more clear with a little more understanding here. Let me tell you why these things you know, I, I've given to you. You know, he reminded us in the Ten Commandments too to make sure that the Sabbath was kept holy, okay? And, and, and so that's what the Jews were to do. They were to keep the Sabbath and to keep it holy. It was meant for God, and it was meant to, be, to spend that time uh, with God. But then he goes on to say, Do not turn to idols, nor make yourselves molded gods, because again, we look back at what Aaron did with the golden calf. Oh, man, did that anger God. Okay, so, I mean... It's inter- it's interesting how people you know create these things to worship yet they don't exist and they would be lesser regardless but the, the harder part is that they don't even exist and so these are things that that would anger God the worship of something else yet alone something that don't exist when he exists. So again, we, that's something we want to make sure that we're careful of, is that we don't want to be jumping into the worship of something or someone else, because again, God does not, God does not deal well with competition. If, if you have something or someone that you love more than God, then that means he's got competition. That means there's an adversary involved and God doesn't lose battles. And so that is something very important to remember. We might not be we might look at certain things and be like, well, we don't worship a golden calf like, like Aaron made, or we don't worship uh, certain gods like they did in, in Babylon or, or other neighboring countries of Israel. But we, we at times find ourselves worshiping something. We, we at times find ourselves worshiping someone else, maybe, because deep down some people, you know, we say we love God more. We say we put God first, but deep down do we? I've seen people before denounce God because of the death of a loved one. I've seen people denounce God because of the loss of a job or the loss of of finances because that was their God. Deep down, that turned out to be something that they they did love more than God. But molded gods are are what we're looking at here now. Now, why I bring those other things up is because we might not be focusing on molded gods, but... That molded God could be in the form of a plastic credit card. That molded God could be in, in the God in the form of your child. That could that could be in the form of your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or or, or somebody that, that we tend to give a little too much credit to. And so again, these are things, right, that, that we want to make sure that that we stay clear of. I'm giving us some modern day things. Right? Because these idols, okay, the, the idols, the, the meaning of these idols has somewhat of a, of a root, mean, a root word, if you will, that means something that's, that's worthless. Something, again, that doesn't exist. They have no value. It, it, it's like somebody who, it's like somebody who is obsessed with money worshiping a wooden nickel. And so, what good does that do? It's bad enough you worship money, but yet going after a wooden nickel is even worse. So then he jumps into that if you offered a sacrifice of a peace offering, because again, when we offer the sacrifices, it was because it was it was because of a mistake made. It was a sin. But this was in regards to a peace offering, making peace with God. This was this was the way that God gave them in order to um, to have peace with Him once again to make things right. If you do something wrong to somebody. 
you know, and you ask them, what can I do to make things right? And if they give you an answer for something that's reasonable, you would do it. Well, this was God's reasonable way of doing things in this day. Thank God for the new, for the new covenant that he made with us. But this was how things were done back then. So, but what was interesting was this peace offering that was made was a sacrifice, an animal of sorts. And, that, and, and it was to be eaten. So it wasn't just an animal to be slaughtered and, and, and to be done with. It was required to be eaten, but it was, it, it was required to be eaten quickly. It shall be eaten on, on the same day that you offered, he said. Right? Because he said, he said not after two days. You know, and after the next day, you know, it's been completely profaned. You, you wasted it. Right? Because God's creation is sacred. Right? Even his creation in, in, that, in that aspect, to us, in the form of a sacrifice, was a sacred offering. And so to, to do that blatantly after knowing what we know now, or what they knew at this time, I should say, for them to basically say, okay, I've heard it, but I'm going to disregard it, caused them to be excommunicated. And, and that there was, had to be a form of torture. You know, you got, you got two million people in the same desert together, and you're kicked out of the camp due to the disobedience. It's kind of like Cain, if you will, when he murdered his brother Abel. The one thing that, that God said that was, you're going to live like a vagabond out there. You're going to live like a stranger out there in the wilderness. And that was too much for Cain to handle. So we see this, and we think to ourselves, like, wow, this, you know, for, for somebody to... Um, for somebody to disobey this was a very serious issue. So now what he does is he goes into uh, an, another law here. Again, we're going to be looking at lots of different things, so I'm going to try to jump into these things and elaborate them as best as possible. Verse 9 through 10 says that when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So when you reap the harvest of your land, and he, ta- he says these things because this was a, an ancient day of providing. They didn't have social services. They didn't have any form of welfare for the poor, for those who couldn't work. This was God's way of providing for those who, who, could not, uh, who did not do well financially. And for those who were strangers, uh, okay. So, uh, say for for instance, I'll use the um, the story of Ruth for instance. Naomi and Ruth, mother-in-law and uh, and and daughter-in-law, who both lost their husbands in death, traveled back to Jer- uh, to um, to Bethlehem, where Naomi was from originally. Ruth, being a stranger, never been there before, decides to go back with her mother-in-law. Well, it was during this gleaning time that God was talking about. So during that time, they were allowed to go and to collect this, okay, due to the law. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. Well, that's exactly what they were. They were both poor, and Ruth was a stranger. They lost their husbands. That made them poor. And Ruth being a a stranger, she she never came into the land. But they were not not to um, deny them. It was a way of providing their needs. And, and God, God is good. Right? Because, you know, gleaning the corners, you know, 
it kept the poor from having to even beg, if you will. Right? It was a prevention for begging. They didn't have to beg. They were able to come and gather what they could. So God was looking out for everybody. God is that good all the time. So in that, from 11.13, now God goes into, with that, he goes into honest dealings, which says, You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. You shall not cheat your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of him who are hired shall not remain with you all night until morning. Well, we know that stealing's not right. We've known that. Okay, but, you know, dealing falsely, you shall not uh, deal falsely or swear by my name falsely. You know, a lot of times we've, uh, you know, people disgrace their family name. You know, we've heard that before. Um, somebody who grows up in a in a, a very fine, distinguished family, but there's one or two children that kind of go off the uh, deep end. And, uh, of course, the dominant father and mother have said, you profound, our, you know, you've, you've disgraced our name. Well, being children of God is the, another form of this, in, in the form of disgracing his name. And by swearing by his name falsely, we do so not just verbally, but in our actions. And, and this was doing it right here. Not to steal. Okay, not to take money from somebody not to, that, that doesn't belong to them or any object. In, in the book of Exodus, if, we, if you did that, you had to pay it back with twofold. So it really gave you something to think about. Okay, and you shall not cheat your neighbor. Your neighbor. You shall not rob him. And the wages of him who is hired, you shall not, they shall not remain. See, that uh, back in these days, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get paid um, every week or every two weeks in, our, in a lot of our jobs. You know, but back in these days, uh, most people got paid at the end of the day. Now, and this was a serious issue because that's just how they did things. Now, if you're out there working all day and, and somebody says, hey, um, you know, I'll pay you tomorrow, uh, you know, just come back, and then they disappear after working, uh, working and toiling in the sun all day, or God forbid, maybe something happened to them in death, they, 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 they left out. They, they, they were robbed. They were, they were, um, they were uh, mis, uh, misled, if you will. You know, I've heard stories recently out here of people doing this kind of stuff to, to guys who labor on stuff, and, and oh man, is that anger? And well, anger's God. Totally angers God, does it not? I mean, um, so again, these are just simple things that that back then we need to practice and look at today. And, and so we need to we need to remember these things with with the fact that wow, we're seeing now that the laws that we see came from a lawmaker, and that lawmaker was God. Now let's take it uh, verse fourteen to sixteen. You shall not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God, I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial uh, to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness you shall judge your, your neighbor. You shall not go about as a, as a talebearer among your people, nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor, I am the Lord your God. And you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor... And not bear sin because of him. So we're looking at these things again with with perspective of of, of uh, truth, if you will. 
God's not a respecter of persons, okay? Don't curse the deaf. Don't put a stumbling block before the blind. Because God doesn't deal very well with cruelty. You know, you, you take a, a look at the, uh, at the mindset of people like Adolf Hitler who wanted to eliminate people like this because they had no use. You know, he, he, had, this, he had this mindset of, of the Darwinism aspect of survival of the fittest. Now, granted, Hitler might not have been blind or deaf or had any of these ailments. He definitely had his, mis- his mental ailments, if you will, being a nut. But, you know, it's funny. Is he wasn't fit. <laughs> he wasn't, Hitler wasn't all of the things that, that he wanted his, his army to be. But yet he wanted to eliminate people that had these ailments. God here protects the people of these ailments. And and uses them even at times. Right? Because again, this is something that that we see still existing today. And and so you shall do no injustment in judgment. You know, people always say, again, you know, he said that you shall judge your neighbor righteously. In righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. A lot of us like to say, well, don't judge me, brother. Well, again, we have, to, we have to recognize the difference between judging somebody falsely and judging somebody rightly. What God is saying is you're to call it out for what it is. Okay, You're, you're to call things out for what they did versus accusing them of such things. Right? And, and so... This was something, again, that, that we're very mistaken with. We think that we should be able to do or say whatever we want, and nobody can say anything because we want to say, Yo, thou shalt not judge. Thou shalt not judge falsely, that is what it is. Okay, that's what we need to, we make, we need to make sure that we know what the Bible and the text is saying with accuracy. Because he goes on about tell-bearing. All right. Essentially, it's it's gossip. It's you know, and uh, we all know what that's about. Some horrible uh, fights have happened over that stuff. Lives have been ended because of that stuff. Relationships have been ended because of because of tail bearing, because of gossip. And so God detests these things. See how how good and mighty the Book of Leviticus is, because these are things we know of. These are things we deal with. Verse seventeen to eighteen says. And you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin uh, because of him. And you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall have your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Everybody protected. You should not bear a grudge. You know, <laughs> it's funny. Like I said, you come from a certain type of family. Oh, you're, you're so-and-so's kid. You know, <laughs> uh, you got some teachers that have been teachers for many years. And uh, they remembered uh, teaching your parents back in the day. And when your parents were uh, when your parents were bad, they surely remembered their names, you know. And now they're and now they're labeling you in the source. Or you get the opposite. Maybe maybe your parent or maybe a relative, a sibling of yours was an angel in school. They did well, straight A student. But you didn't do quite as well. You got some behavioral issues. Oh, you weren't anything like your uh, like your brother or like your parents. What happened? Well, God's saying not to do that, right? He's saying that you shall not do those things. You know. Bearing grudges, uh, you know, uh, falsely witnessing, falsely you know, accusing, and judging, and all these other things. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. 
because of these things. That's why Cain and Abel happened. That's why the, the very first murder on earth happened. It was because of these things, because of hatred and jealousy. So we see why God put these things in effect. Right? And, and, and so... You know, we, we have to look at these things again with, with, intent, with intently here. You know, to love your neighbors yourself. You know, we, some of us love ourselves way too much. Okay? And then God says, you know, you want to you do that? Love your neighbor. And that's whoever's standing next to you at the time. Love them as much as you do yourself. You're going to please God a little more. And, and so... You shall love your neighbors yourself. Jesus himself, right? People asked him. We have all these laws and commandments. 613 laws in in in, uh, in the Torah, the first five books. The Jews were able to determine uh, and 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 pull out these laws, which ha- which equal out about 613 of them. And I think it was what uh, 240 or something like that were were uh, positive laws of what you can do, but 365. Um, were laws of what you can't do, which were in the form of negative. So I think it was 240, but whatever comes down to 613, my math could be off. But uh, nonetheless, right, the Jews might have looked at like uh, certain things of like who, who your neighbor was, like the person who lived next to you, okay? But, but... Your enemy, I mean, your 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 neighbor, if you will, is 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 whoever's next to you, not your um, not necessarily anybody who just lives next to you, but somebody who's standing next to you at the time. Because Jesus said, He said to love your enemies. Okay, don't hate your enemies, but to love your enemies. And he said, but somebody asked him, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, he gave two. He said, love the Lord your God with all heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now he said to love your, your uh, love the God, he said to love your Lord God with all heart and mind and soul because if, you have to do that first before you could accomplish loving anybody else in this, for, in this form. So again, we're seeing the, we're seeing the, uh, the parallel here. Right, we're seeing the parallel. You love the Lord God first with all heart, mind, and soul. Everything else will start to come into play. So again, trying to trying to break this down simply. Uh, let's see here. In verse nineteen to twenty-two, it says, "Now you shall keep my statutes, and you shall not let your livestock breed with another kind. You shall not sow your field with mixed seed, nor a garment of mixed linen and, and wool come upon uh, come upon you." And so this here again was just a mixing of things that just shouldn't be done. Uh, why? Because again, ancient pagans did stuff like this. Ancient pagans would do these things to 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 mess with creation, if you will. People say, "Well, who cares about mixing linen and wool?" <laughs> you know, back then, if you did that, it was very uncomfortable. It's bad enough when Adam and Eve, when they fell in the garden, they realized they were naked. What did they do? They they sewed fig leaves to themselves. You ever touched a fig leaf before? Talk about a very uncomfortable feeling. So so God went ahead and created something a little more comfortable with animal skills, uh, skins. I mean, he, he he made them animal skins, and it was more durable and comfortable. But now we're getting into something here that gets a little deeper. Verse twenty. Whoever lies carnally with a woman 
who is betrothed to a man as a concubine and who has not at all been redeemed nor given her freedom for this there shall be a scourging but they shall not put uh, to death because she was not free and, and he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord to the door of the tabernacle of meeting a ram as a trespass offering the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before the Lord in his, uh, for his sin which he has committed and the sin which he has committed shall be forgiven him but when you come into the land and have planned, planted all kinds of trees for food you shall not or I'm sorry you shall count their fruit as uncircumcised for three years it shall be uncircumcised to you it shall it shall not be eaten so I gave a, I jumped into a couple different things here because again Leviticus chapter uh, this particular chapter in 19 uh, is like this whoever le- uh, has sexual relations with somebody who's betrothed okay now what would happen there is because if, if something like this happened now, the future wife would become undesirable to the husband to be. So, the guy, if, if the guy who was involved, if you will, had to more or less take her on, <laughs> okay, as, uh, as a wife, or as, a, as his wife. But he had to, he had to uh, give his atonement for doing what he did. And then he jumps into the, uh, the fruit of the, of the land here. Right again, that he said that um, he talked about uh, not eating the fruit until a certain amount of time, and and this was harvesting stuff. Okay, again, God gave a little bit of uh, uh, insight on ecology here, and he gave some he gave them some ideas of how how things work. He goes, if you want to see some fruit bearing trees, this is how you have to do it. Okay, and and so. Not to eat of the fruit of the trees that they play, you know, not to plant for for three years. He wants the he wants them to bear fruit for time, which is what we do. We're like uh, we're like those trees. When you you plant us, you know, we have to bear fruit within time, and it's not going to happen overnight. So he says not to touch them for a period of time because they they need time to, to harvest, if you will. Uh, verse twenty six says. And you shall uh, you shall not eat anything, eat anything with the blood, nor shall you practice divination or soothsaying. You shall not shave around the sides of your head, nor shall you disfigure the edges of your beard. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Uh, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So again, very serious stuff. Um, again, to the Jews, there's been issues with uh, people uh, debating over certain things uh, in regards to piercing and tattoos. Okay, now this was something again that was given to the Jews that they weren't to do because um, these particular things were done by um, neighboring countries and pagan practices in the form of mourning for loved ones and uh, that had passed or whatever the case may be, and they were and they were they would mutilate their flesh or tattoo themselves with um, strange designs and whatever have you. But in the Jewish culture, you weren't to do any of that to your body. Your body was the temple, and so it was a serious issue. Now, for not shaving around the sides of your head and disfiguring your beard. Again, uh, customs, pagan customs. Uh, if you see Jewish Orthodox men today, you'll see that the, you'll see that they have long curly locks on the side of their head with their beards. 
unshaven. They still practice that, right? Because particular places uh, such as like the Egyptians, for uh, for instance, the Egyptians shaved everything. They shaved their heads, their eyebrows, and all of that. And so they did it in the form of paganism. And and, and there was also aspects of, of you know cutting the flesh for the dead, and um, these were things that. Um, these were things and practices that they did. And, and they did nothing. They, 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 they accomplished nothing. They, mutil- they mutilated themselves for nothing. So God was protecting the people. Now let's continue here. Uh, let's see. Do not prostitute your daughter to cause her to be har- a harlot, lest the land fall into harlotry and the land become full of wickedness. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Give no regards to mediums, familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. Uh, I am the Lord your God. You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man. And fear your God. I am the Lord. And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You shall do no injustice in judgment, the measurement of length, weights, or volume. You shall have honest scales, honest weights, and honest epah, and an honest hen. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe all my statutes and all, and all my judgments, and perform them. I am the Lord your God. Well, we know that um, prostituting your daughter is, is a pretty low thing to do. Again, another issue of the cult uh, of cultic and, and uh, um, pagan customs. But he also says here about mediums and familiar spirits. This here is, is again is, is playing with things of of satanic realm if you will this is not of God don't let anybody ever fool you it's called necromancing okay you, you, there's no talking to the dead and, and and so we could get into a whole other aspect and maybe one day I, I can teach on something in regards to uh, what we call systematic theology um, in the forms of uh, demonology angelology and all of these things these are things that again are not blessed by the power of God. These are things that that, dis, that we want to disdain from, to stay away from. God says that if you seek after these things, I will hide my face from you. If God hides his face from you, that means that you're in trouble because you're no longer in his side of protection. I've known people that did this. And, and I've watched their lives eventually fall apart somewhere down the line. So again, stay clear. These things are not good. Well, people say, I've done it before and nothing's happened. Well, nothing's happened yet. And, they, and, and some people will say that everything they said was right. Yes, I've seen and heard this before. I believe it. But the problem is, is that where is the source coming from? Is, has anybody really questioned that? Where is the source coming from? See, the Bible says that angels around us observing us all the time, but so are demonic spirits. Demonic spirits are around you. You don't even know it. They know all about you. They know your traits. They know your family members. They know what you do, what you say. So therefore, they have the ability 
to copycat things, and, and, and they have the ability to fool you because demons are called in the Greek word diominos, which are intelligent ones. So they, they have the ability to know certain things because they've been around and observed. So by all means, take this with a, a very stern warning to stay clear of. It's, you know, a Christian or non-Christian, anybody. Hopefully you are a Christian, okay, after this, but this is not something you want to mess with. And then you shall rise before the gray-headed in honor in the presence. I like that. Right? God God help us. I, I just heard recently, we're living in, in, in two, the year 2020 right now as I'm recording this. And I heard about some churches that have um, that have asked their elderly to leave so that way they can attract more younger people because the younger people want to be with a bunch of younger people. They don't want to go to church with mixed ages. What is a family what is a family without grandparents? We need people of all ages. Thank God, I love the church I'm in. And thank God he allowed me to become a pastor in this church too because the older women in this church, we refer to them as mother so-and-so, mother with their last names. Because they deserve that honor and recognition. And so... To, 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 rise in the, uh, to rise in the honor, we, we see what God has said. Gray hair is a sign of, uh, is a sign of splendor, okay? a sign of wisdom, if you will. A crown of glory is called. So we need to make sure that, that, there's, that there is an, uh, an aspect of respect and love and admonishment. And of course, typical... No adjustment in judgment, measures of, lay, of length, weight, or volume. It was the way they did things back then and, and um, um, how they would weigh things in measurement uh, in order to price things out. Some people had ways of, of adding uh, more or less weight to, uh, you know, to get less out of it or get more out of it. So somebody was ripping somebody off somewhere. God knows it and God don't like it. But always... At the end, at the beginning of the at beginning of the chapter, at the end, I am the Lord. So he made it known where it was coming from. I am the Lord. Therefore, be holy, for I am holy. Now there was a lot in this chapter, which is why I kind of did what I did because I just wanted to simplify it. Because really, it's it's not that hard. Yes, there could be some deep theology, which I hope I gave enough of. But again, these are things that are simple. These are things that we, a lot of us already knew before we even read the Bible because God gave us, uh, you know, God gave us these, uh, these things to, to look at and, and be like, where do you think it came from? It, it, it came from Him. Not from, our, not from our own conscience of being good. It, it came from Him. He was the lawgiver. He was the one who was the founder of our moral compass, if you will. So look at this and, and, and say, okay, I know the founder. <laughs> but do you want to be a part of the founder is the question. Do you want to receive his, his son who died on the cross for all of our transgressions? Our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. He is the one who is the atonement for the sins of all sins now. 
2,000 years ago, hung on a cross for our transgressions. And he did it willingly. And that all who would receive him, all that, uh, all that would believe in him would receive everlasting life. John 3.16 for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that all should, who should you know, believe in Him will, should, will receive everlasting life. Do you want everlasting life? Well, you have the opportunity to, 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 to believe in Him and to receive Him now. Making a confession. Inviting Him into your heart and into your life. And then after that, allowing Him to mold you and shape you. And most of all, because of the fact that one day our bodies are going to die and we're going to have a place in eternity with Him because of the fact that we believed in Him and we received Him. So if you want to do that, if you want to say, if you want to say a, repair, a prayer of repentance and, and confession to receive Him as Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now to, to say this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. Wash me clean, Lord, of all of my sins as I thank you for for dying on the cross, Lord. I thank you for giving me a place, Lord. As I receive you right now as my Father, I receive you as my Lord, my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord. And live in me as I will live with you, Father. May we walk together all the days of our li- my life, Lord. And when my time comes, may I be with you, Father. As I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, again... The best part is always the last, I say. <laughs> Receiving the Lord is, is, is the greatest thing you could do. It's the greatest decision that you, that you could ever make. So remember that. What we're doing here is, is again, we're just equipping ourselves and, and, and knowing God better than we ever have. We don't want to just go ahead and, and, and take, uh, take the Lord into our hearts and then just think that we can go ahead and keep uh, living the way we were. That's not what He did for us. So take him, take his word, and let him mold you. Let him shape you. And by that, you will see things that you've never seen before. So may God bless you, may he keep you, watch over your families, and may you be used mightily to do his work with whatever it is he calls you in. May God bless you.